Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to episode 14 of the North American Outdoors podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo coming to you from the great state of Texas. Now that we're getting into the summer months, people are going to be traveling. Maybe it's within their own counties or across their state, or they may be traveling across state lines. That said, you need to know what constitutional rights you have to protect your Second Amendment and what those rights are when you're traveling open country and open carry. Every American citizen is a landowner with certain constitutional rights. Hunters are outdoorsmen and outdoorswomen. We as hunters do not enter our dens and go into a state of human hibernation, living off a reserve of venison in the freezer just waiting for the next deer or elk season to open. We continue to enjoy the great outdoors in the off-season by participating in activities such as fishing, camping, and hiking. The off-season is also the time we improve upon our wing shooting, archery, and firearm accuracy, and we're scouting new areas to hunt. Hunters should use their off-season time to improve their hunting and field skills by observing wildlife behavior, learning to identify tracks, and enhancing their ability to track wildlife sign. The best place for hunters to engage in these activities during the off-season is on their own land. When most people hear this statement, the reply is either, I don't own any property, or I can't afford my own place. This is true for a lot of hunters. Not everyone is lucky enough or at a position in life to own their own hunting property. What many people do not realize is that, unique to being an American, we all own land. These lands are in the form of public lands, state and federal. State parks and state wildlife management areas are example of state lands. Federal lands include federal parks, national forests, 
National Wildlife Refuges, Bureau of Land Management Areas, and Grasslands. Each type of public land has its own rules on what you can and cannot do. Some allow hunting, some do not. For example, there is no hunting in national parks, but there is hunting in national forests and wildlife refuges. The benefit of a national park to a hunter is there are usually larger numbers of game animals present to observe their behavior, become familiar with tracks, and even improving tracking skills if allowed to in the park. We must remember that this land is for our use if we stay within the rules. Many think if they must follow the rules and cannot do whatever they want on a piece of property, such as discharge a firearm or hunt, then it is not their land. This is no different than the laws that many of us must follow on the property that our homes sit upon. Many hunters live in a home on property that they own, yet they're prohibited by law from discharging a firearm or hunting because of a city or county ordinance or some other local law. There is one common denominator, regardless if you are on your property, with your home, on your hunting property, or on your certain open federal property. That common denominator is your Second Amendment constitutional right to arm and protect yourself. Generally, hunters understand their basic Second Amendment constitutional right to bear arms in their homes and the right to bear arms on land, farms, and ranches. What is not commonly known is that as American citizens, we have a Second Amendment constitutional right to bear arms as long as you meet the minimum criteria or not disqualified under federal law and state law in federal parks, national forests, federal wildlife refuges, Bureau of Land Management, and other federal lands to open carry handguns, shotguns, and or rifles. The constitutional right was guaranteed by the Credit Card Accountability, Responsibility, and Disclosure Act of 2009, Title V, Miscellaneous Provisions, Section 512, Protecting Americans from Violent Crime. This law was initially passed by the Bush administration due to high-profile crimes in national parks, but it was stopped from becoming law by injunction by a D.C. court in March of 2009. Lawmakers wanted Americans to not only be able to protect themselves from animal predators, but also from those human ones. While researching the right to bear arms on federal lands, I was getting many conflicting answers and interpretations. Phone calls to National Park Service and the Department of the Interior did not give me any answers. The individuals I talked to just referred me to what's called the Superintendent's Compendium of the Park in Question. The Superintendent's Compendium is the rules governing each federal park and is updated each year. I downloaded this document from the two most popular national parks in the United States, Yellowstone National Park and Grand Tetons National Park. To my surprise, neither Park Superintendent's Compendium addresses the issues of the right to open carry and the rules governing any type of carry within the parks. Both documents did state that it is permissible to carry bear spray for protection. 
I decided to go straight to the source to try to get some answers. After interviewing multiple park rangers, both law enforcement and non-law enforcement in the Yellowstone National Park and Grand Tetons National Parks, I got the feeling that the idea of exercising your right to bear arms in national parks is strongly discouraged. When asked point blank if open carry is permitted, it was stated, yes, but fill in the blank. This does not mean you cannot open carry. It just means that National Park Service personnel does not openly endorse it. Some important items regarding firearms on federal lands include this law applies to open carry. Keep this in mind if you're wearing a belt holster, then concealing with a jacket if the weather suddenly turns cold. Concealed carry is allowed if you have a concealed carry license from a reciprocal state and not disqualified by that state. You cannot open or conceal carry in any building, including restrooms on federal property. Honorably retired state peace officers, even holding the federally approved ID, are not exempt from these restrictions. So I have two examples of personnel that discouraged open carry. First, when I asked a law enforcement ranger in Yellowstone National Park about the use of a firearm to protect themselves if being attacked by a grizzly bear, his response was their main concern during an investigation would be why the individual did not use bear spray. The law does not require an individual to use one form of protection over another. It is up to the individual's preference as to what to carry for their own protection. The ranger stated that it did not matter. This is what the investigators would look at. It was obvious, at least from this ranger's perspective and his answer, that the use of a firearm to protect yourself would be used against you in an investigation. The next example is while interviewing a senior non-law enforcement ranger in the Grand Tetons National Park, the same question was posed with a very similar response. The difference was that he followed up with, just remember, it is illegal to discharge a firearm in a national park regardless to save your life or the life of another. That means you will go to jail. Every ranger that I interviewed in both national parks ultimately stated that the U.S. citizen who meets the criteria and are not disqualified can open carry. This means you are free to exercise your Second Amendment right to bear arms on federal lands if you're following the rules. Carry responsibly. Do not draw attention to yourself. You will be among all types of people, not just other hunters and outdoors men and women. It is your responsibility to do your homework, do your research before any trip that involves carrying a firearm for your own protection. Find out the state's laws, if they are under a reciprocity agreement with where you're coming from, and ask questions, and then ask more. It is your responsibility to make sure that you're following the laws on the property that you're on. Remember, You represent all of us who fight every day to make sure that everyone retains the right to bear arms. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters, and creating memories that will last a lifetime. 
This is Heidi Rayo, and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow us on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.